Hello and welcome to another edition of Puck Talk. I am your host, Spider Jack, a.k.a. Jack Woods. Unfortunately, Ben Hatchett, a.k.a. Axe, is on a road trip today. He is in New York City recruiting for DePaul University. You should definitely come check out this wonderful establishment. But in studio with me today is another avid hockey lover, avid hockey fan, Matt Puste, my baseball coach. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing great. I'm uh, very excited to be back here in the studio of uh, WGRE. It's been a while, but uh, some things are uh, a little different. Some things remain the same. So, <laughs> Yes. Uh, Mr. Puste here is an, is Columbus. Very big Columbus fan. Correct. Uh, I, uh, I grew up in Granville, Ohio, uh, not too far from Columbus. Uh, the uh, the Jackets were uh, a an expansion team right uh, right around the time that I was first getting into hockey. Uh, so I've been been with them since their birth and uh, <laughs> uh, have uh, have enjoyed most of the seconds, not every second, but most of the seconds <laughs> as a Jackets fan. Well, before we get into our discussion of hockey today, we just wanted to address something today. Uh, I'm not sure how many of you are following the news regarding Austin Matthews, the Toronto Maple Leafs forward, but he got in a little bit of trouble. And some of the things that I read about uh, his behavior is, quite frankly, unacceptable. Um, typically, we like to keep this show lighthearted, but it is very important that we keep reiterating that athletes are, number one, not above the law, and number two, that they are they have professional requirements that ne- they need to meet, not only as a player, but as a human being. And um, I'm not sure what the punishment for Mr. Matthews will be, but their needs... People keep saying, I can't believe we keep having this conversation. People keep saying, I don't know when people are going to get it. I believe this. We need to keep saying that athletes are not above the law until it is finally accepted. Um, it involved a young lady, and it is, like I keep saying, unacceptable. And um, we hope that Mr. Matthews will make better decisions in the future. So, um, yeah, that's just my two cents. But anyways, we wanted to talk Columbus Blue Jackets today because I wanted to make this, wanted to ease Mr. Ease Coach Puste into the biz. So, what you got, Coach Puste? It is. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting, interesting year for my jackets. <laughs> it's uh, definitely a a transition year of sorts. You had a uh, um, a really remarkable run uh, in terms of jackets history. Yeah, uh, going up against uh, the mighty Tampa Bay Lightning, swept them, swept them. Didn't didn't think they had a chance. I was <laughs> I was hoping that they could, uh, you know, at least extend the the season a little bit. Um, and uh, I was hoping that not all the warts would be shown, and uh, right that that hopefully the the long standing narrative of uh, of the jackets choking in 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 the first round, or uh, you know, Pens fans love to love to say, oh well. Win a win a playoff series, and right? Then, and then you can talk, you know, <laughs> something like that. And uh, um, I want to. I would rather say to them, S- start your start your uh, your franchise with 
Doug McLean, and then yeah, <laughs> and then and then you'll understand my pain. But uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, it's it's going to be an interesting year for him. Uh, obviously, uh, in any any sport, uh, when you lose arguably your three best players on your team between yeah. uh, Artemi Panera and Matt Duchesne, Sergei Bobrovsky. Um, most any other franchise would just throw crumble, in the towel, right? Throw in the towel. Um, but they, uh, they're the at least the uh, <laughs> propaganda, so to speak, coming out of uh, out of the room in, in nationwide is uh, um, one of having a, a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, um, where they they still feel like they have their core in place. Um, their core being Cam Atkinson, Seth Jones, mm-hmm. Zach Wierenski, uh Pierre Luc Dubois. I mean, that's a good, good start. Yeah, you know, two two great young defensemen uh, that are continuing to grow into their roles. Um, and then uh, Cam Atkinson is the question is going to be: Can he put up points? Uh, well, really, Cam and and. Uh, Pierre Luc Dubois, can they put up points without Panarin? Mm-hmm. Um, Cam Atkinson would tell you that he had um, had a, a lot of points before Panarin even uh, was his line mate. So um, I think uh, it'll be an interesting one. Uh, interesting to see where where it all goes for him. But this is the year that uh, uh, it's it's going to be sink or swim with uh, with John Tortorella, their coach. Yeah, yeah. Um, for those of you that don't know, R.B. Panarin signs with the New York Rangers, Matt Duchesne signs with the National Predators, and Sergei Bobrovsky signs with the Florida Panthers. So, like you said, three guys. But that does clear up quite a bit of cap space. Um, to put this into perspective, Panarin signs for 11.65. Duchesne signs for 8 mil. And I don't know quite what Bobrovsky signed for, but still, that's a lot of money. They will have approximately $13 million in cap space, which is very nice. Mm-hmm. Quite a bit of change to, to throw around if you need it. Oh, yeah. So, But when you look at the playoff series, they, of course, swept Tampa Bay in dramatic fashion. Mm-hmm. I was in uh, 102.5 studio hosting with Justin Bradford and Penalty Box Radio when it actually happened. And once... Tampa Bay pulled their goaltender, you still kind of felt like, when is the Tampa Bay Lightning going to really kick in and start Absolutely. going back? Yeah. And then that empty netter went in and it was over. Mm-hmm. And the pure reaction of Columbus taking that series, without a doubt, the uh, most exciting series I saw in the playoffs, other than the Stanley Cup Finals, of course. Everything else kind of felt dull. Sure. But... <clears throat> and then they go... And go up two games to one on Boston, and then Boston takes the rest of the series. And Boston, of course, eventually goes on and loses to the St. Louis Blues. What do you think they could have done differently in that Boston series to maybe pull out one or two games in order to get it to a game seven and make it really interesting? Um, I mean the the most obvious thing would have been to uh, to figure out Tuka Rask somehow. <laughs> uh, it seemed like uh, like every. Um, Every shot was hitting him right in the uh, in the logo on the sweater. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, he, his positioning was just so on point 
in that series that um, it there there was a little bit of almost helplessness uh, watching the game because you were like, oh man, there's no way that this guy is gonna um, you know let in three goals. So if they yeah. if if Boston gets up and uh, and puts in two. Boy, this this isn't going to work. Right. Uh, it, it felt like one of those that uh, Bobrovsky in the defense had to be absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a lot of ways, they they played well. They played well enough to win, but not well enough to take a series. Yeah. Um, where um, Boston eventually just wore them down. Mm-hmm. Uh, going into that series, obviously, I was. Uh, was sort of at an all-time high of of uh, Blue Jackets love uh, <laughs> coming out of that Tampa series, and then um, for the first time in a long time, one of my sports teams was waiting to see who they were going to play in a right. <laughs> in a next round, and uh, so it would have been either Toronto or Boston. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, uh, really wanting Toronto to go go on because i felt that uh that toronto was a little bit more like tampa mm-hmm. uh and i felt that uh uh the more physical style of the jackets could uh do better against uh more of a skill-based uh toronto team mm-hmm. and also with toronto you have all the pressure in the world <laughs> to finally get there. There's a, there's a Twitter account. How many days has it been since the Toronto Maple Leafs won a Stanley Cup? It it has been quite a few, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, yeah, with the Leafs, they're they're constantly fighting the uh, that added pressure of we are the National Hockey Team, National Hockey League team. Mm-hmm. You know, depending on where you are in Canada, you're either it's either the Leafs or the the Canadians are, you know, the hockey team. <laughs> and um, uh, so I really wanted them to face a team that had that weight mm-hmm. hanging on them. Uh, Boston seems more like the Jackets in terms of play style. Right. Um, where where they can, they certainly have skill enough to, to put up a lot of goals. Um, you know, when you're when you start listing the forwards and you start with Patrice Bergeron and uh, Brad Marchand, that's a good start. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, uh, and then I don't know what it is about Boston sports, but they always have these, all, all the Boston sports have these third line, fourth line grinder types mm-hmm. who end up coming up big in the biggest moments and become sort of local legends. Yeah. Uh, and uh, oddly enough, for the Jackets, that seemed to be Sean Corrali, who is a Columbus boy, uh, a, a Dublin, Ohio native, I believe. Uh, but he uh, it seemed like he was always in the thick of it. Like, if anything happened, Corrali was the guy getting the, the second assist, or, or Corrali was the guy crashing the net mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and setting a screen. Um, and then, um, obviously, bringing energy because that's more of his game. Oh yeah. But uh, but looking at that Boston team on the horizon, mm-hmm. uh, it uh, it was not a great feeling. <laughs> you had uh, you it was it was definitely uh, um, had me shaken a little bit more than maybe the uh, the Leafs would. Mm-hmm. Well, we got to take about a thirteen second break. Once again, you're listening to ninety one FM WGRE.
Hey, this is Blake Allen, your head baseball coach here at DePaul University, and you are listening to 91.5 WGRE, your sound alternative. I figured we should probably have a little bit of uh, baseball in the room. There we go. Good good to give a shout-out to old <laughs> BA. Yeah, so going back to the uh, Blue Jackets, obviously you wonder what could have been. I mean, you had a guy like Matt Duchesne and Artemi Panarin on the same line. And one guy that we kind of uh, overlooked is Ryan Dezingle. And he ultimately did nothing for that uh, Jackets team. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I think he had one goal in nine playoff games. Yeah. Which is not what we would expect. For a guy having a career year, too. Oh, uh, without a doubt. Playing uh, playing on that scoring line in uh, in Ottawa with, with Duchesne. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, uh, and that was another one that um, so Dezingle is a is an Ohio State guy, yeah. And uh, and Columbus was going absolutely nuts, uh, getting uh, getting a Buckeye in in return, and uh, um, because even though that's something that the Jackets have fought their entire uh, existence is getting out of the Ohio State shadow, mm-hmm. um, every time they've had a a Buckeye. It, you know, it's it's led led the uh, the sweater sales and all all that kind of thing. So uh, <laughs> it at least uh, ties the uh, sort of the uh, maybe once or twice a week fan to the uh, to the diehards. Then so yeah, um, but yeah, Dezingle was uh, just never seemed like a fit. No, it, it, the one thing I noticed about Dezingle was that he just looked uncomfortable. Just no matter who he played with, I think they try to stick him on the first and second lines. He just didn't seem comfortable with any center. Mm-hmm. And it it might have been that uh, it's just a new team. He's trying to adjust. Maybe he knows he's a Buckeye, knows there's some pressure in Ohio. But ultimately, he did not get going either when he got traded and in the playoffs. And I feel like Dezingle might have been the difference maker. Absolutely. I mean, his, uh, his straight line speed is... Uh Ridiculous! It's ridiculous. He can be a game changer there, uh, but you're right. Having uh, sometimes when you bring home the uh, the local guy, or mm-hmm. uh, or in this case the uh, the alum of the local university, right? Um, it, uh, it it doesn't always work. Uh, it's that added pressure, that that extra weight that they have to carry on the on their shoulder pads, uh, trying to uh, um, you know make their return something. Uh, something special as opposed to just sort of melting away into healthy scratch territory right so we mentioned a little bit earlier they have 13 million dollars in cap space which can buy you a lot of forward depth yes they do yeah or it can buy you a really really good unrestricted free agent much like toronto did with john tavares yes so with names like patrick line and mm-hmm. Miko Ranton, and over in the Central Division, over, over in the mysterious Central Division, because um, does Columbus make a move for some guys like that? Because they clearly need the they need at least some sort of replacement for that production that Duchesne and Panarin brought. Right. Um, some, I guess, some insider jackets uh, <laughs> news. Uh, in case you do not know, um, the jackets GM is Yarmo Kekalainen. Uh, and uh, and Yarmo is the only European GM in the league. Um, first European GM in the league as well. 
Yarmo also looks like a James Bond villain uh, <laughs> and does work much like he is a James Bond villain where he is willing uh, and always ready to make that big swing uh, to mm-hmm. to gamble a little bit much like he did at the trade deadline uh, as a fan um, when he chose to sort of pull out all the stops at the trade deadline and uh, you know future years uh you know be damned really uh yeah. it uh uh it it, it excited you cuz mm-hmm. finally here we go we're going for it let's let's do this mm-hmm. uh and you know if uh if a couple of uh goals don't get uh, a couple of easy goals don't get scored in, in Boston then you know maybe it maybe it is a little bit different mm-hmm. uh you know maybe they they are uh able to make another run into the next round and, and things like that but uh the thing with yarmo is he's always willing and able to think of something that is not necessarily conventional in mm-hmm. his uh um creation of the the roster the structure of the roster right so um that's been the 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 sentiment around um around columbus is really watching not not only the UFAs but all these RFAs out there, yeah. Um, you know, with, armed with all that cap space, um, and without signing Matt Duchesne, they were able to keep their um, their first round draft pick, enabling them to to sign an offer sheet if they wanted to, mm-hmm. if they wanted to tread into that that yeah. lane, which of course is uh, sort of the unwritten rule of the NHL is you don't. You don't you don't do offer sheets exactly. You don't you don't try to poach you you try to make a deal. You don't try to poach somebody off of a another uh, roster. Yeah. Uh, but those uh, I look at the I look at the Winnipeg Jets um, mm-hmm. as a very obvious fit for a trade with the Jackets. The Jackets have defensive depth. Uh, the Jets have lost a lot uh, on the uh, on the blue line, especially with the uh, sort of cloudy nature of uh, Dustin Bufflin's career at at the moment. Yeah. Whether he's going to stick around or whether he's done um, with his uh, uh, his temporary uh, leaving of the team right at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I see them as an obvious fit. Because they've got young forward depth, and the Jackets have young blue line depth. Where the Jackets have, you know, eight or nine guys on the back end that can that can play. Mm-hmm. Might not be your top pairing guy. Mm-hmm. In fact, outside of Jones, Wierenski, maybe Ryan Murray, uh, depending on if he's healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of those guys, they are all um, bottom four pairings right they're mm-hmm. they're um they're your second third line pairs but uh but certainly for a team that's starved of defensive depth like uh like winnipeg i mean you look at a guy like i mean obviously line a is is a tremendous talent it would take a boatload to get him yeah, well maybe not maybe not yeah line a has expressed uh Maybe not a subtle animosity towards the Jets coaching staff and the players in the locker room. Uh, He said in a recent interview, you have the top lines in the NHL and then you have us. And that is a 
Uh, I mean, what a locker room guy. Right. You know, right. What, what a guy that you want in to just change this system. What a guy. What a guy to really stand up and vocalize his opinions. Right. <laughs> I, that, that, that was very, very bad. I know that if somebody on the DePaul baseball team said something like that, there might be a couple conferences. Right, right, exactly. Um, it might not take much to get Patrick Line at all. Um, looking at the Winnipeg's roster, I mean... It, I don't want to say it's time to sell, but with Line's discussions and Bufflin's absence and overall the locker room situation in Winnipeg, how they brought in a guy like Kevin Hayes, who's a known locker mm-hmm. room guy, doesn't even play half the season that he's traded for, and then he just goes away. Bolts. Yeah. And then goes away. I mean, he was supposed to be the fix. He was mm-hmm. supposed to be the trade deadline fix, and he wasn't. And they got hammered in the first round of that playoff series. So uh, you're talking about a team two years ago who had a chance to legitimately go to the Stanley Cup final, and it's as if the door opened, and then the door slammed really quickly. I don't know if it's time to sell the team yet. It's mm-hmm. I think it's dependent on Dustin Bufflin. But like you said, I think that they are a very good, a very viable trade option for the Columbus Blue Jackets. And another sort of situation about Miko Rantanen, the Colorado management saying, we're not going to pay you Marner money. Mm -hmm. But when you look at even just basic stats, Mitchell Marner puts up 94 points last season. Miko Rantanen puts up 87. You can argue that that may be a product of the lines that they're on. I mean, if you were on a line, I've said this before, if you were on a line with Nathan McKinnon, he would just, you know, tap pucks off your stick and then score and you get assists. <laughs> right, exactly. But still, I mean, Marner had Tavares and Matthews, and he had, I believe, 52 primary assists last year. Mm-hmm. And then it's not too far off. Right. Well, and with... Uh with Kekalainen, you've got the uh, the Finn connection there too. Exactly. Um, so with uh, with him, it's it's you almost trust him one hundred percent with his evaluation of of the Finns. <laughs> uh, you had uh, a couple of years ago in the draft, they had the third third pick overall in the draft. Uh, Jesse Puliyarvi was widely considered to be a lock, an, an absolute lock. Now maybe that was partially people being lazy connecting him to Kekalainen just because he's a Finn, but was seen as uh, not not necessarily the next uh, you know, uh, Crosby or McDavid or anything like that. It certainly wasn't that, but but a high-end skill guy. Uh, and Yarmo sends shockwaves through the, the draft when, uh, when he skips the Finn and uh, and picks uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, who was a wing at the time and uh, uh, has transitioned well into becoming a, a, a first-line center for the, the Jackets. But mm-hmm. um, but you have to trust him on the on the European uh, evaluations, really, uh, because uh, you know maybe he's got uh, some connections that are uh, are telling him certain things that aren't necessarily. Uh, I guess widely known as they come over the big pond. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I was watching that. Uh, I was watching obviously the updates of that draft, and I was like, Columbus just skipped over Pooley Yarby. 
that is a really bad mistake. And it turned out to not be a really bad mistake because Puglia Yarvi gets picked up by Edmonton. And Edmonton, the dumpster fire that it is there, he's he's not even in the NHL anymore. No. He's uh, he's back in Europe. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, it, it was such an extreme waste of talent to give Puglia Yarvi third-line minutes and to not try to put him with McDavid and Dreisaitl. It was such a waste of talent, and they have really, mac- and Columbus has really maximized uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois' talent and have put him in a position to succeed. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, obviously he knows what he's doing. There's a reason that we're in the studio and not in the uh, <laughs> right, exactly. general manager's office uh-huh. of an NHL team. But, um, so, if you are the general manager of the Columbus Blue Jackets, and you do look at a team like Winnipeg or Colorado or teams that are sort of on the fence of becoming uh, a cup contender or are on the uh, decline, what's like one name, one name that really stands out that you think would really fit in? Because guys like Duchesne, Panarin, uh, they can fit in anywhere. Right. But what's one guy that you have really enjoyed seeing play and would love to eventually, maybe not this year, but in the coming years, to become a Blue Jacket. Right. Um, I mean, I think uh, going going into this year, oddly enough, that name was Matt Duchesne. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was, uh, there was always a lot of smoke around uh, around how much the Jackets loved Duchesne and wanted to get him. But then again, that, that was, uh, it couldn't outweigh his love for, uh, for country music and wanting to, uh, to go to Nashville, but, Yeehaw. Uh, but, uh, uh, but so going into last season, it was Duchesne. Um, I think a more reasonable target in terms of, um, connecting dots as opposed to maybe just a pie in the sky kind of a, a look, uh, <laughs> would be, um, I think Kyle Connor in, in, uh, in Winnipeg, also an unrestricted street, unrestricted free agent. <laughs> right. Yeah. He, uh, he's a guy who, um, you know, talks don't seem to be going all that well with the, uh, the jets front office. Um, he, uh, uh, he would fit in perfectly in that, uh, in that void on the left side of the first line that, uh, that Panarin has left. He won't, might not, uh, be a one for one sort of a, a a a replacement, but there's a guy who can offset some of that that scoring. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oh, by the way, he played with Zach Wierenski at the University of Michigan, so there is that uh, that there's connection. Fit. Um, despite what uh, some of the uh, the nuts Buckeye fans and in, in Columbus would would think, if if another uh, Wolverine joins the team, but. Uh, <laughs> But I think I think Kyle Connor is is that uh, that guy that you look at if the money can work out. But then again, there's a lot of money there to be to be used, uh, and they've put themselves in a position where that might be an option. They can remake they can remake the bottom six, or they can go after two guys that could fit into the top six. Exactly. So either way, there's a lot of potential. For this team, there's a lot of potential in this general manager's office. There's a lot of names around the league mm-hmm. that are starting to want to get paid. So, and they have the money to shell it out. 
Mm-hmm. And here's an interesting thought before we go to break. Let's say Kyle Turris of the Nashville Predators has a rebound season. $6 million a year. Send him off to Columbus for couple of draft picks and suddenly Columbus is back in the talks of a playoff run. Absolutely. Their their uh their problem, their entire existence has been center depth. Yep. They've never out I mean, hopefully hopefully Dubois is this line one center that uh you know, there's really three names that you can even name um that have ever been line one true line one centers for the Jackets and it's Duchesne, Johansson, and uh, and hopefully Dubois. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, it's been guys who have been outside of their uh, their real fit, mm-hmm. uh, elevated to top line because of necessity. Yep. Well, folks, we got to take a quick break. So once again, you're listening to 91 FM WGRE. Need a little ear candy? WGRE provides the sweet. <laughs> 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Providing you with the latest news and music every hour. Tune into Greencastle's hottest station anywhere in the world. Find us on social media at WGRE Radio. The voice of the Paw University and home of Tiger Athletics. 91.5, your, your, your sound alternative. All right. I know this isn't any fun to talk about, but we should. So, who's going to do what? Flashlights? Nowhere to be found. Where to be found. Batteries? Dead. Great. Emergency supply kits? Not packed. Not what about blankets? We have an old towel. Good enough. Cell phones. May not work. Uh, emergency water? Not a drop. And what about food? Nope. Perfect. We all know where we're meeting if we're separated, yeah? The library. Aunt Joan's house. The bus stop. Great. And I'll be waiting here wondering where you all are. Sounds like we don't have a plan. Who's up for mini golf? Winging it is not an emergency plan. Make sure your kids know what to do during an emergency. Who to call, where to meet, what to pack. Visit ready.gov kids for tips and information. A public service announcement brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Hello and welcome back to Puck Talk. My name is Jack Woods, a.k.a. Spider Jack. And we are talking all things hockey with... Huh, what should Coach Puste's nickname be? <laughs> we have Axe out in New York City right now. Shout out to Axe right now. So, you are going to be coming on the show more frequently. And I feel like we need to have a nickname for you. Nickname for me? Yeah. Hmm. I want to do something with Puste and Pucks, but I don't know if that'll, oh. I don't know if that'll oh, work. Pucks Day. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> What was your name in D-League? Because obviously everybody's got a nickname in hockey. Oh, well, well, first of all, I have never played a game of D-League because I am in the C-League. C-League? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's where the real where the real <laughs> stuff happens is, is in C-League. But, uh, uh, gosh, C-League... Uh, didn't haven't really had a nickname. I, I've been coach because I've just been... The uh, yeah, 
the guy who oh yeah that's the guy who coaches baseball uh <laughs> in, in the league uh but is uh, it coach or coach uh it's, yeah it's probably more coach uh, <laughs> but uh uh so yeah so that's probably uh more accurate there but uh hmm because everybody on the baseball team calls you putts yeah and i feel like that's kind of lazy right yeah most most of my nicknames throughout the years have been pretty much something some form of that Mm -hmm. i know i was poot in high school (laughs) i was uh uh poost uh here at the paw in in my time on the baseball team um interesting there's been there's been sort of the uh dyslexic putts yeah (laughs) but uh uh one of my best friends back home calls me colonel pustard uh which is always a, a good one uh a uh playoff of the uh the board game character right. uh colonel mustard in uh, in clue <laughs> so uh so we could get lazy and, and just go with coach or we could uh let this thing uh really evolve naturally into in, into something more uh, i guess uh entertainment uh <laughs> For the for the for the kids out there. So. Well, we're all entertainers here, right? Uh, Hatchet, Ben Hatchet. So he's obviously axe. Obvious, yeah. And my nickname actually got started because my boss back home, Justin Bradford, um, we went and saw Avengers Endgame together. But the one relationship that we can always sort of naturally point to between him and I is Tom Holland's Spider Man and Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man. Um, he, uh, I once, I just started calling him Mr. Stark one day and then he said, spider Jack. Oh, there you go. Spider, you're spider Jack. Thus it was born. Thus it was born. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, that's, that's why I call myself spider Jack. I don't just, I don't, I'm not like, I don't have an infatuation with spiders. That's just kind of a nickname that's stuck. And, uh, if you go follow my Twitter at Jack underscore woods 15, you will see I am spider hyphen jack not the MC, not the sony version but the mcu ah yeah for those yes. of you that don't yes. know sony and marvel have had some <laughs> right back to hockey back to hockey something that happened a couple of days ago matthew chuck matthew to chuck of the calgary flames signs three years 21 million so once marner signed once once one name fell Everybody fell. And I think Zach Rinsky of the Blue Jackets was the one that started this new, okay, we got to get on a team. We got to get on a team. Right. Especially, especially on the defensive side, for sure. Because mm-hmm. uh, um, I know the, a name that you want to talk about is uh, Provorov out of uh, out of Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, it it seems like they really used the Wierenski framework to uh, to drop that, uh, that contract. So, um, but yeah, once... Once one domino fell, uh, the rest uh, just went straight along with it, and we've got this little rush right before uh, before the season opens. Thank goodness, because I was gonna, I, I was wondering what was gonna happen with uh, half a season without all of these guys that have not signed. I was wondering um, what it was gonna be like without Mitch Marner. What it was right. gonna be like without Braden. Point. Braden Point was the one that I, I kept looking at, like, oh my gosh, how's this is. Because that takes out a huge piece of that Tampa Bay Lightning huge. offense, huge, uh, and he can uh, he can help push uh, uh, Stamkos out to a wing uh, on a on a power play or something like that, where mm-hmm. he can use that Stamkos speed to to really uh, stretch the play. Yeah, 
Um, Point signed earlier this week, three years, 20.25. I think Mitch Mar. I want to I want to have a meeting with Mitch Marner's agent. With his agent, yeah. <laughs> because I feel like he could get me some serious money later right. down the road. Uh-huh. Because I obviously expected guys like the Chuck and Point to sign seven mil a year. And Matt Duchesne, of all people, signs eight mil a year. Mm-hmm. I was expecting like nine, nine point five. Right. Especially for the production that he's brought to a failing Ottawa Senators team. Right. And the immediate impact on that Columbus Blue Jackets team. I mm-hmm. mean that team immediately got a like twice as better once Duchesne started centering that uh second line. Mm-hmm. But Mitch Marner signs for ten point nine. So yeah. I'd like to have a word with his agent. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, and then, I, I, I like the contracts of the Chuck and Point. I don't think that it breaks the bank. And I think that Braden Point should have gotten a little bit more. You know, just purely based off your observations, you push Stamkos out to wing, and suddenly that power play is magic again. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, and then the big St. Louis news this week is Justin Falk for a draft pick and Joel Edmondson. Right. Never expected Edmondson to leave St. Louis. No. Ever. Absolutely not. I uh I mean that's a lot of that's a lot of sandpaper going to uh to Carolina. Yeah. Um and uh I mean you look at that trade and you think maybe this is a hockey trade as they say where where this can actually uh help both teams, but my gosh, uh the the uh the snarl that Edmondson played with in front of the net um later in the uh in the Stanley Cup I mean that's going to be hard to replace with a guy like Justin Falk um no offense to Justin Falk but no. he is uh uh he's not your your physical presence that uh that he's a some of these other guys he's have. a defensive defenseman right which I thought they sort of had a defensive defenseman in Colton Pareko. Yes. But it turns out maybe not. Mm-hmm. And Falk signs seven-year, 45.5, about 6.5 a year. Which for, I'd say, an average defenseman, mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have shelled... I don't know if I would have given up Joel Edmondson for that. Right. Especially for the storyline that is Joel Edmondson, the kind of presence he brings on the ice. He's very, he's not Zidane Ochara, but he's very intimidating in front of that net. Right. Well, and his uh, connection to the whole Gloria story. I think, uh, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of Blues fans will uh, will not appreciate him being gone. No, I, and that brings me to a good point. The St. Louis Blues have made some very questionable moves this offseason. And this was this was sort of the big one. Mm-hmm. I think that Edmondson brought something to that uh, Blues team that he has brought to a he has brought for a while. And keep in mind, the last time that the Blues were in the playoffs before this amazing Stanley Cup run was in that Nashville series back in 2016, 2017, because mm-hmm. they missed 2017, 2018 to the Colorado Avalanche and a five to two loss on the last season of the game. And Edmondson was the one that gave the Blues some life there in Game 6 in Bridgestone Arena. Scored that goal with three minutes left. Puts Nashville in a, in a little bit of a... They had to they had to put the gas back on. Eventually, Callie Arncroke buries the empty net goal, but still, 
Edmondson brought kept St. Louis alive, mm-hmm. and they're obviously going to keep the core of Tarasenko. They're obviously uh, and um, Schwartz, Schwartz, and now I guess Bennington. But I am going to say this as my hot take of the day. I don't know. There was somebody that called in, and I didn't want to answer the phone because I was scared of what they had to say, but I'm pretty sure it had to do with my Austin Matthews evaluation. But I think that the St. Louis Blues have a Stanley Cup hangover, and they make the playoffs, but they don't go anywhere. Sure. Revert back to the the Blues of old where where you... uh, Just make it to the playoffs. Make it to the playoffs, yeah. Uh And Bennington reminds me a lot of Cam Ward. And... Uh, Axe actually brought this up. Cam Ward won the Stanley Cup final in his rookie season with the Carolina Hurricanes. Didn't win a Stanley Cup after that. Yeah. And as much as I I hate to probe or sort of predict the future, I don't think that Jordan Bennington is the long-term solution in terms of the goaltender for St. Louis. I'm sure that Coach Allen would disagree (laughs) with that. Right, exactly. But uh, there's just there's something to said about riding a goaltender that's hot. I was gonna say we we haven't we haven't seen Bennington in the NHL when he's not on. Right. Uh, that's that's yet to be seen. Yet to be seen. So what does it look like when he starts to struggle? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I I don't think this is uh, Marty Brodeur, and he can uh, and and he's just gonna be on all the time. Right. Uh, I think uh, you know it'll be interesting to see how his career continues to evolve. Yeah, and you know, I love John Gibson. I love John Gibson. I think that, excuse me, I think that he is a perfect goaltender for the Anaheim Ducks, but he would fit in elsewhere. And if I'm the Anaheim Ducks in the position that they are in, especially with losing Corey Perry and inevitably Ryan Gitzlaff now yeah. sucking right so much and it's so <laughs> yeah. glorious. I think I think there are a lot of teams in the Western Conference that should probably sell. And Anaheim yeah. is one of them. Oddly enough, uh both uh both franchises in the, the LA area between the Kings and the Ducks have sort of suffered the exact same fate. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you had the Ducks, uh, who were able to uh, to win a couple cups there, and uh, and had their run when Getzlaff and Perry and uh, uh, were in their prime, and Solani was kind of coming uh, mm-hmm. to the end of his career. Um, earlier running um, running on the back of uh, JSG Gare and Net and. Uh, uh, benefiting from the massive pads right on a massive human being like like <laughs> but uh uh but then now the kings same same deal where they have they had a run boy that was nice but two or three now, cups now everybody over. is yeah it's over everybody is uh is signed long term and they're all older drew dowdy jeff carter all of those guys are on Really great contracts for them. Really bad contracts for the Kings. Exactly. Another one where, hey, I'd love to love to talk to that agent. 
Yeah, uh, exactly. But, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, they're they're like all signed to the magic age of like thirty seven or something like that. And what you're gonna get out of those guys, even as they crawl towards that number, is uh, is obviously not enough. And you, and those two teams are gonna be talked about with uh, you know being at the top of the draft in this this upcoming draft. Yeah. And the way that I sort of look at it is that those guys that are start those Kings players that are older and are signed through 37 is much like SNL. They're just going to limp to the end. Right. Exactly. It's start off strong, make a couple great jokes, and then they're just going to limp to the end. Mm-hmm. So on that note, we have to take a 15-second break. Once again, this is 91 F- 91.5 FN WGRE. I'm Candy Crowley from CNN. You're listening to WGRE 91.5, your sound alternative. Welcome back to Puck Talk, Spider Jack, and Coach Buste. Oh, well, we don't have a name for him yet, but we will. We will have a name for Coach Buste. Um, There's one more signing I wanted to talk about, Iron Wow, I said it correctly. <laughs> Ivan Perorov signed six years, $40.5 million. I like that contract for the Flyers. I don't think the Flyers are going to do much this year. I think that Carter Hart still needs to show more. Mm-hmm. And um, they don't have Ryan Hartman anymore, so they lost a physical presence. They don't have Wayne Simmons anymore, so they don't have another power play mm-hmm. physical guy in front of the net. Right. All they have is Claude Giroux, so... Right, and Giroux and Voracek, those guys are, uh, you know, ages starting to catch up with their speed. Yep. Uh, the uh, the skates don't go so fast as you uh, as you get older, but uh, uh, but yeah, that that Provorov deal is is going to be a uh, nice workable contract for them, uh, and they feel like they've got a guy who is um, potentially a number one type defenseman for them. Uh, Depending on uh, what you feel about uh, Ghost Despierre, but uh, uh, but otherwise, uh, that that's a guy that can play in those top two pairings for him for for a while now. Yeah, they still have Voracek. They still have uh, I don't know. Do they still have Ram- Van Riemsdyk? They do. Yes. Okay. And they have uh, Couturier. So correct. Yeah. So you know, there's still some hope. There's still stuff. There's still something there to like, um, and. I feel like that's one of those uh, the reputation of the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, still somehow you, if if you're the other team and you see that sweater coming at you, you still you still move. You still move. Yeah, because uh, uh, they might not be the Broad Street Bullies anymore, but they're but that is still part of their ness. Yeah, yeah, they've got. But the thing is about the Philadelphia Flyers is that I feel like they just have two predictable players. They say they they just teams know which guy to target on each specific line. So, I mean, it's a very predictable team, but the there's a lot of upside. But there's I think there's more downside to the Philadelphia Flyers sure. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of score updates, this is the last puck talk edition till the 2019-2020 season is underway. There we go. 
So I am really glad that you were able to join me. Uh, like I said, I miss. Uh, I, I hate the fact that Axe couldn't join us. I really feel like we have a, a solid top line now with uh, you and me and Axe out in New York. I feel like we've got a solid top line to tackle this year's NHL season. And, of course, even while we're in baseball, we will be on the air. We will be talking hockey. Absolutely, yeah. Because as every athlete knows, you need something to get away, you need something to enjoy, and I've joined two fantasy hockey league teams. There you go. So you know, I, I am I, I'm all in this year. I'm all in. I wasn't all in last year because I was fixated on the Nashville Predators. Last year was sort of my debut season as a sports writer and a journalist. So I needed to stay on one team. But this year, it's all thing NHL, baby. There we go. Love it. <laughs> so you play for C-League. Correct. And you told me that you have a fight story. And if there's one thing that I want to accomplish before my baseball career is up is get into a brawl. Into okay. a, in, into a team brawl. Sure. Because I mean, you see that in the MLB and you see that in the NHL with line brawls. There's that's just the one thing I want to do before I hang up the cleats for good. Right. Don't care about home runs, <laughs> don't care about strikeouts, don't care about ever pitching ever again I just want to get in one brawl one brawl and I will be content so you have a fight story sure and uh, and disclaimer to the athletic department uh, <laughs> do not condone the uh, the the full team brawl no. uh, that may be that may be uh, uh, <laughs> predetermined by uh, by spider jack over here but uh <laughs> Uh, but yes, I, I do have a uh, a hockey fight story um, in the the Carmel C League, not the D League, like like Axe. No, um, this is uh, this is where the big boys play. Oh uh, wow! <laughs> <laughs> uh, it uh, uh, yeah, we play on Sunday nights. That's uh, that's that's that hey, that's prime, prime time, yeah. baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, so yeah, so C League. Uh, slightly different pace than the D League uh a little bit more continuous on the on the play that's really the the big difference not mm -hmm. not so much uh not so much start and stop it's a right. little bit more um a little bit more fluid with with line changes and things like that um but uh uh so C League uh I was in in a game um and um the teams teams switch all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, they they redraft every year. Um, certain captains definitely have their guys that they pick. So mm -hmm. each team usually keeps about the two or three guys that mm -hmm. sort of carry over each um, each season. Right. But you still have this. Uh, the bulk of the team is is new all the time. Yeah. But uh, so it's always guys that you've played with or against a lot, mm -hmm. and it's it's one where and, and it's a league where. Um, where people tend to stick in the league for for a long time, uh, so uh, so you you know the faces as you're uh, as you're on the ice. But uh, uh, so one one season, um, I uh, I had a, a fellow Five uh, A Brigade member on my yeah, team. Yeah, Five A Brigade. Uh, he was probably our best player on the on the team. Real real skilled. Um, guy who's probably five six maybe he was he's a little guy a boy uh, but yeah but yeah could skate like the wind uh had uh 
had a real quick shot. Um, he had scored. He was. Pr- he probably had three in, in the night uh, on this particular night, and uh, and we were uh, we were luckily on the uh, the right side of the scoreboard mm-hmm. as the uh, as the clock was was starting to wind down, and we're out there with uh, uh, with the empty net and. Uh, uh, and we're up by more than one at this point, but okay. but why, you know, close doesn't count. So why not keep the the net empty with being down two? Right. Uh, so this this guy um, is is skating down the right side. Um, hasn't entered the zone yet. Hasn't entered the offensive zone. He's, he's somewhere in the neutral zone. Mm-hmm. And uh, and keep in mind, C League is a is supposed to be a um, a non-checking league. Yeah. Okay. Clean, clean league. Clean league. So, uh, is there a little bit of physical play? Is there some pushing around? Sure, but nobody's gonna come and nobody's and, lining up hits. and line you up. Uh, except on this night when <laughs> uh, when someone uh, decided that uh, that they were gonna that they didn't want to lose by three they were but they wanted to lose by two so they, so as the, as he was about to uh uh take the shot he gets taken out by by a guy and i don't know what got into me but i uh, uh i felt like i had to step up for my my fellow 5a brigade member Without and uh and i got uh got into the the tussle with them and uh, and keep in mind we we don't have rules on helmets and, and such, but most of the guys have a cage uh-huh. or a, at the very least a shield. Uh, but I remember uh, I remember making contact with uh, with the other guy's shield. Uh, oh. The guy was 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 bigger. Uh, obviously not a, if it was five eight on five eight crime, then then that's okay. <laughs> but. Uh, but he was he was a, a larger human being and uh, and I remember making contact with his shield and uh, and he turned and uh, and all of a sudden I saw nothing but gloves on my on my cage and oh. I just instantly regre- re- regretted <laughs> my, my decision <laughs> but but I was like oh I guess this this is what we're doing uh, so so we uh, shook him off we, we shook him off we grabbed. Uh, grabbed each other's sweaters and uh sort of started to do the dance a little bit but uh uh but it was quickly uh quickly pulled away by the uh oh, by the man. the men in the stripes but uh <laughs> uh it was also the one and only game that my uh, my wife came to watch uh so she saw saw me uh get in the uh in the dust up and um uh, that wasn't wasn't her thing, I guess. So she uh, she hasn't come to another one since. But oh, uh, oh dear. Uh, but uh, I remember talking on the way home, and she was like, "Oh, I saw I saw it coming. Like I, <laughs> I saw I saw you skating across the ice." And I was just thinking, "No, no, 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 no." But uh, uh, but yeah. So that is the uh, the the C League fight story. Oh boy. Well, just before we head off, Wednesday, October second. Here we got a couple games. The Maple Leafs will take on the Senators. The Capitals will take on the Blues. Oilers and Canucks. Sharks and Golden Knights on Thursday, October 3rd. 
Panthers and Lightning, Jets, Rangers, Sabres and Penguins, Canadians, Hurricanes, the Wild and the Predators, Bruins and Stars, Flames and Avalanche, Coyotes and Ducks, and then finally on Friday, which is the one time that we will not be able to uh, report, you got Blackhawks, Flyers, Jets, Devils, Capitals, Islanders, Maple Leafs, Blue Jackets, Golden Knights, and Sharks. So, with that being said, it is time for you and I to head out. Time for our departure. Once again, this is Puck Talk with Spider Jack and Axe. Coach Puste is now on the roster, and he will be making an appearance. This is 91.5 WGRE.